Hello and welcome to the Top Dog Podcast. I am Adrian. I am Katja. And I hope your dog had the exercise today. If not, then now is the right moment. Put on the leash and go for a walk. Take your time and be careful that you don't trip over the leash. In the next half hour, we meet people who do anything amazing for dogs. And you will hear things you always wanted to know and probably need to know. So Katya, what do you reckon? Shall we unleash the dogs? This program is rated D for dogs. It contains sniffing, scratching, and doggy things. Well, we definitely have doggy themes for you today in the Top Dog Hotspot, where you will get inspired, uh, have a laugh, or maybe cry. Stop digging, find your match with a new app. Fetch, where to find the best ball. My top dog is a supermodel. And of course... Top Dog Hotspot Challenge. Top Dog. <laughs> There we go again. Top Dog Hotspot Challenge. Not so easy to say. Not even for us humans. Do you think dogs can say that? They better do a better job at that than us. <laughs> That's why we have the challenge. We want any dog in this world to be able to say top dog hotspot, but more to it at the end of the show. So let's start with the hotspot. Katja, what have you got today? Ooh, I have something that's a little bit like from the Twilight Zone. Do, 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 do. Because Mrs. McKinnon almost lost her dog while she was walking on a bridge in Scotland. She said that her dog, Bonnie, uh, was already acting up a little bit funny as they were approaching the bridge. But then Bonnie froze. Ooh. <laughs> the dog became possessed by a strange energy and then ran and jumped right off the bridge. Luckily, not in a very high spot. The dog survived. And it turns out that locals estimate about 300 dogs have jumped off that bridge. 300? Yes. 300. In what time? That I don't know. Uh, the papers even think it's 600 so it's a lot of dogs and 50 of those have died because the bridge is quite high. So the locals have nicknamed the bridge now the Dog Suicide Bridge. Not only have they given it a nickname, they put up a sign to put your dog on a lead so that it doesn't escape and jump off the bridge. Now, the reason for this, some people think it has to do with something paranormal. For example, it could be the White Lady of Overton. That's a woman who lived alone. For She's a dog lover. <laughs> She's a dog lover. However, her human love of her life passed away and she lived alone for 30 years. So they're thinking she's still haunting the area, upsetting the dogs, causing them to jump. There is, however, also a non-supernatural version or a non-paranormal, I think that's better, a non-paranormal reason for this or theory for this. 
there is a pastor who thinks it might be just the smell of mammals that drive the dogs into a frenzy. So we still don't know what the cause is. All right. Anyway, never ever walk over that bridge. Where is it again? In Scotland, and I'm not going to try saying the name because I'm probably going to get it wrong. Okay. <laughs> so an unnamed bridge in Scotland. Now, my story is not as scary. It's in a way tragic, but heartwarming as well, I would say. It's about this guy. He is, well, I have to say here, he was 64. He used to go for lots of walks. He is in, comes from Eatonville. That's in the state of Washington. So he took his dog for walks quite often, but he never, ever told his wife where he's going. And one day... He didn't come back. He didn't come home. It was already dark. His wife, of course, got a bit concerned. And then she could remember that whenever he goes for a walk or for a hike, he looks it up on the internet. And he had left open the window of his PC. And she could see that he went um, to the Marshall River, which is nearby. So she was uh, alarming the rescue team, search and rescue team. They went out there to have a look. It Obviously, it's quite a, a a wild area, and it's a steep embankment above the river, above the Marshall River, and it was quite really hard for the rescue team to actually go through there. But then, all of a sudden, they could hear barking, and it was his dog who was sitting next to him. The poor man, he was dead because he fell off a cliff, was dead. Dog was sitting next to him and was barking when you could hear the rescue team coming and that's how they found him and they said without the barking they would never ever have found or located the missing man so they could bring home the dead body. Oh, that's a very sad story. It is sad, yeah. But, you know, good on your dog. I mean, very loyal dog. And sometimes dogs, they bring home the dead. <laughs> but sometimes they can even help you in tying the knot. <laughs> well, that is very useful. So... If you found it challenging to find the right partner who is also dog-friendly and dog-loving, guess what? There is an app for that, and it's called Dig. It's a dating app that connects dog people based on what's most important to them. And what could that be? The dogs, of course. Yes, of course. <laughs> Who cares about the human? <laughs> <laughs> This app is more and more popular in the US. So in Australia or in the UK or wherever, you might have to wait for that a little bit longer. But they're almost launching in a new city week by week. So you don't have to wait for too long. And they, that's two sisters that are founders. Lee is the co-founder, Lee Isaacson, and we talked to her. But I have to warn you that every now and then, during the interview, there will be some disturbing noise. It is not my heavy breathing, it is actually my dog, Poupette, who decided to try to rip apart a wooden log sitting on the floor next to the heater during the interview. I was unable to stop Puppet because I was wired up with headphone and microphone cables to the computer as I was talking to Lee Isaacson on Skype. Lee, thank you very much for your time. Katja and I, we are very excited to actually talk to you and we had a look at your app, Dick. 
very exciting thing. Now, what we would like to know from you is how does it actually work? <laughs> that is a very important question. Uh, so it is a dating app for people who love dogs and have dogs. Uh, and so you log in and you can say whether you're searching for someone with a dog or without a dog. Uh, it's important that you have both of those options because we know not all dogs get along. Or uh, maybe you just want to date someone with a dog and you can't have one right now. Uh, and so you can make your profile. You have a section of your profile for you and your dog if you have one. Um, and once you are looking through profiles, you can dig, really dig, or pass on the people you see. Uh, and once you both like each other or dig each other, you can chat and actually plan a dog-friendly date right from the app. Does that actually eliminate people that try to cheat? Could I pretend that I am a dog lover and I just want to meet someone? <laughs> I'm pretty oh, sure that dog Indian. lovers would sniff out very quickly if you're not a real dog <laughs> person. Uh, this is an app that, you know, is very dog forward. Uh, you've got paws at the top that you click on to see the different profiles. You know, it's a dating app with more, even more dog photos, which to dog people is a great thing. Uh, but we very much encourage people to have conversations about their dogs and their dog lifestyle up front. So, you know, we have tips and tricks to help you introduce your dog to another stranger dog in neutral territory, for example, rather than at one house or another. Um, and so, you know, very quickly, you would realize this isn't the dating app for you if you're not a dog person. I had a look at it. I managed to log in, even though I'm in Australia. And uh, I did see some nice humans and some probably even nicer dogs than humans. <laughs> <laughs> and definitely less uh, sleazy shirtless guys and uh, duck faces. Was this also one reason to come up with this app? <laughs> yes. You know, there's a lot of different pain points that we hear from people on dating apps. Uh, people on dating apps today now spend up to an average of uh, nine to 10 hours a week, and they use three or four dating apps at a time. And so these are people who are extraordinarily dedicated and emotional, spending a lot of time, almost a part-time job worth of time looking for their person. And so they really know what they like and what they don't like about dating apps. And one thing we hear is, you know, no more guys holding their fish that they just caught or duck faces or, or shirtless guys. No more fake profiles. Um, you know, that's a big issue with a lot of other dating apps. And so when we built this from the ground up, we said we want to bring into the fold the passion and commitment of dog lovers, but also try to fix these pain points in the dating app world. This app is mainly available in America, works in America in some cities. Is it possible that I can, let's say I'm based in London or in Melbourne, could I sort of uh, hook up with someone in San Francisco from here? Is that possible? <laughs> That's a really interesting question. So the app works everywhere. Um, we've officially launched in about 11 cities in the U.S., but what that means is we've had big launch events. Um, we've done a lot of marketing and press in those cities, but we do have users across the globe, um, and I'm sure you'll find someone, some people close to you in Australia. We've done some... Uh, some of their podcasts and fun work over there as well. So what you can do, you can go on the app 
and you can click on your profile, then click on settings, which is the little icon in the top right corner. And you can actually make a determination if you want to see someone, you know, within 10 miles of you, 20 miles of you, or anywhere. So if you just want to see who in the world is using this app, you can actually answer that question and you'll see people 5,000 miles away or 50 miles away. So that means I could actually prepare my trip. Let's say I'll come to San Francisco in two weeks. I can already sort of line up some interesting people that I will meet in San Francisco. Is that right? <laughs> Perhaps, yeah. You'd have to go through the list of people anywhere. But we uh, we did launch in San Francisco. Extraordinarily interesting dog city. Um, super fun uh, to see the different types of dog lovers across the the cities that we've launched into, but that's certainly a fun one with lots of people on it. Do you have any uh, feedback or like some nice stories from people that have actually met? Oh, those are my favorite. Absolutely. You know, we hear from people who they said, you know, it was so amazing to watch the dogs fall in love first. <laughs> I love that idea that, you know, you'd be out to eat and the dogs are immediately attracted to each other. That, might take a little bit longer for you to recognize if it's the perfect match for you, but at least the dogs are getting along and playing. And, you know, I've talked to people who they haven't found their match yet, but they said it doesn't feel like a waste because at least you're getting your dog out. At least you're going to the park together or getting a good walk. So no matter what it is, it feels, uh, it feels more productive than your average dating app. That means if I like the dog more than, than the person, that's not, not a bad idea. It's not the, the worst, you know, we'd love to match people, absolutely, but finding extra friends or maybe a future dog sitter is definitely a nice byproduct. Do you find there is more women or more men on the app? Oh, great question. There are more women um, and it's a good chunk more women, which is actually pretty unique for a dating app. Um, most dating apps lean heavily towards men. Um, and we found very quickly that women um, were outnumbering men uh, a good bit on the app. You were saying it's good if people just meet, you know, as friends. Would you consider maybe having like a little toggle button that says I'm looking just for a friend? You know, we get that question a lot. And there are many ways that friends can meet up. Uh, a lot of people do different meetups for different breeds, for example, through Facebook. There are a lot of apps out there that are, you know, looking for a friend to go to the dog park with. The reason you haven't heard about them is people aren't as dedicated and emotional about finding a friend to go to the dog park with one day as they are finding a life partner. Uh, and so what we don't want to do is confuse why you're there. We want people to know that if you're on this app, you're looking for a date. You know, when you go to a bar and you have to kind of figure out who's in the room and why they're there and who might be interested, The reason you have a dating app is you cut to the chase and you know what kind of conversations you have. And so in the future, you know, a separate product makes a lot of sense. Um, but anything looking for a friend right now, we encourage people to come to our events. Uh, you know, our events are a great place where we just celebrate dogs and love in general. Uh, and you don't have to be single. And we throw them city by city. Actually, we had our, our launch in Miami. And had a, a big event there and it's just celebrating, you know, friends and lovers and, and businesses, um, all who love dogs and who can share that experience. But on the app itself, it's definitely for dating. 
Lee, we know by now that you developed this app because your sister had a bad experience with her partner because uh, she sort of got dumped because he outed himself as not being a dog lover. That gave you the idea. Now, my question is, did your sister now finally find the right partner through that app? Uh, so what's really funny is, yes, we basically made the app to be able to help my sister find a date. And now she's too busy. She's my co-founder running the app to be able to date. But she does meet a lot of dog people at our events and um, does use the app. So uh, hopefully she'll be able to settle down and, and actually start dating again soon. Okay. And what about yourself? I am engaged and I'm, I met my fiance, Adam, before we started Dig. But we do have a wonderful dog together named Penny. Um, but yes, he's very, very okay. much a dog person. Uh -huh. Uh, have you ever heard of where people didn't get together because uh, the dog didn't approve? Oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, there's a huge um, uh, relationship that you have with your dog where you really have this trust and bond and you need to know that the dogs are going to get along, but also the humans. Um, and I forget the statistics, but there have been plenty of studies that show just how uh, committed people are to that reaction. They truly listen to their dogs in terms of picking up on, on their reactions. However, we do work with vets and trainers because we know that dogs have different past experiences. They come from different backgrounds. And so we try to encourage you to meet the other dog um, with as much positivity and, and help as we can. Uh, and so on the app, actually, we have a daily deal section where you can uh, get a deal on a new cool dog treat or dog toy. That way, maybe you can show up with a, a present for the dog and maybe win over their dog from the start. <laughs> okay, so we can bribe the dog maybe for a positive yeah, outcome. Yeah. <laughs> you can bribe my dog anytime for any reason. <laughs> She will appreciate it. Excellent. But I have maybe a, a quick technical question. I noticed that when I uh, wanted to sign up, I had only two options, either with a Google account or Facebook. Is there a particular reason why? Yes, many dating apps start this way um, for a few reasons. One, you can use their API in the background and it helps make sure that there aren't fake accounts. Or if somebody is reported and we delete them, they don't sign up with another account. So those two um, processes, we're able to use basically what they've already built to ensure that there aren't all fake people or, or people coming back um, if they've been reported. Also, it streamlines the login process. And so uh, it makes it much more quick for you to click the button. It already knows your age and your name. It can pull the first photo for you if you'd like. For example. And so uh, with dating apps, you really don't want to spend too much time having to go through all the mundane questions. You want to get to the fun things like answering dog photos. And so for those reasons, uh, for example, are why we have those two options. But very soon we will also be including the option of um, your phone number as well. We're just finishing building out um, that back end process. You know, some extra security, probably that's for me the most important thing about that feature. Exactly. Absolutely. That was our, our number one concern from the start. And like we said, you know, that was one of the pain points from other dating apps that people said it's just too easy for people to make fake accounts and, you know, the fake profiles and just are on there for the wrong reasons. And so we really wanted to make sure that there was a uh, appropriate system in place 
with as much as you know power as we could to be able to prevent that sounds like a very sophisticated app yeah now one last question i know you're launching the app in more and more cities uh, all across america do you have any plans to launch it worldwide in australia in england absolutely yeah yeah absolutely we are raising investment now to be able to launch worldwide um, actually uh, anybody can invest as little as 99 we are crowdfunding our investment uh, and so you can search net capital and be able to invest directly and actually you can be a part of dig right from the start and help us grow together which is really exciting uh, and so we are definitely uh, encouraging people to check that out you can learn a lot more about dig Again, that's net capital, uh, and people can invest, and we'll be able to launch globally. Lee, thank you very much for your insight into your exciting app, and uh, we wish you all the best. Well, thank you very much for having me. That was Lee Isaacson. She is the co-founder of Dig, the dog person's dating app. And if you want to find out more, just go on to their website. It's digdates.com. Now, Adrian, did you ever play ball with your dogs and lost it? Well, actually, the ball, not lost it, lost it. <laughs> yes, I have lost dogs. I mean, once I did, but found it again. I have lost lots and lots of balls, though, and never found them again. But I bought one the other day that I might never ever lose because it's bright orange, lightweight, non-toxic, floating, and it's called Leica, not just a ball. We are in the country here with the pet. She's just 12 weeks old. And Lily, she has turned five years recently. Lily is a passionate ball chaser. Pupet is new in that discipline. I throw it now with the ball thrower and say, Lily, Pupet, fetch! There it goes, it bounces quite nicely. And it's an easy throw because the ball is so light. It's really easy to throw it a long, long way. Now, Pupet lost interest already. Hey, Pupet, come here. Come here. Lily, bring. Hey, Lily. Good girl. Go and get the ball. Now, have a listen how it bounces. That was the bounce. And it goes up many, many meters. Now, too fast, too high for pet so not necessarily the ideal ball for puppies but for bigger dogs as soon as they can run and are interested in ball playing of course now we are walking towards the dam that's a, a hole with water in it Lily loves to swim and the ball claims to be floaty and we want to try this out but before we get to the dam or the water hole, let's do another throw again because you can throw it really, really far. But because it's so light and there's a little bit of wind, it actually gets carried away. So it is 
quite still now, maybe a tiny, tiny little breeze coming from the northeast. I'm throwing the ball towards east south. So I throw it and. There we go, it drifts towards south, which is not necessarily a good thing. So if it's really windy weather, I wouldn't take that ball. I would take the traditional tennis ball, which is much, much heavier and not as vulnerable to any air shifts. So now we are at the dam or the waterhole. I will take the risk and throw the ball into the water. It happened to me before. I had a ball that claimed to be floaty. I threw it in the water and it went down straight away. Haven't seen it since. So I take the risk with this one because it's a lightweight ball. There's hope that it actually does float. Lily, come here. Come here. Now, off we go. Yes. Yes, it's floating beautifully, like a feather of a bird. Lily, bring the ball, bring here. Come on, closer. That's good girl. Okay, now let's investigate the ball, because now both animals had it in their mouth, prepared with her really tiny, sharp teeth, and I have to say, I can't detect any bite marks whatsoever. Oh, there's a little one, maybe from one of the pet's teeth. Anyway, not bad. Lily, what do you think? So let's throw it again into the water. Off we go. Wow, it did pass your floating test. So that is definitely top dog material. <laughs> yeah, the ball floated, but the dog nearly drowned. Well, it's still a puppy. <laughs> it doesn't know how to swim, but... <laughs> wasn't, wasn't tragic. No worries. Next time we'll test floaties for dogs. <laughs> now that takes us to the next segment, My Top Dog. And this time we talk to Christian Fehler, who takes beautiful dog portraits and also action shots in particular, uh, where the dogs catch treats. And he tells us about his Labrador Lotte, today's My Top Dog. It's not really all that funny. These dogs just basically entered into my life. Lotte is a dog from a previous marriage, <laughs> like a child. She came into my life while I was still married, and she stayed with me when we divorced. Since then, I went through life more or less as a single person, always accompanied by my dogs. And at the moment, because of my photography, my whole life revolves around dogs. My life is 24-7 dogs. And both of my dogs are the most important part of it. Dogs are my whole life. Und äh, ja, also Hund ist mein ganzes Leben. That was Christian Fehler with his dog Lotte, a divorced dog. There we go. We've got a, an app to find 
dogs or their owners, we should have an app where you can actually easily divorce. Ah, that's somehow. Yeah. Someone, yeah, let's put out this idea. Someone has to develop an app that's got something to do with dogs and divorce. But who am I going to <laughs> divorce? The dog? Probably not. Leave it to the app developer. It's a challenge. Perfect. I have another challenge. Top Dog Odd Spot Challenge. Top Dog Dog Spot. Ah, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> Fail. Now, that challenge really is a challenge. Then we all know that huskies can talk, but I'm sure other dogs can talk too. We don't want to say them, I love you, like that every husky can. We want them to say, top dog, hot spot, because it's quite hard to say. When you say it slowly, fine, but if you want to say it quickly, like you do, Katja, you found a dog, actually, Tomka. She nearly said it, didn't she? Yeah, very, very close, but she did get very over-eager. I could hardly stop her from talking to us. <laughs> And uh, she is the dog mascot, I could almost say, the mascot of the Dog Wellness Center in Gardenvale in Melbourne, Australia. A very lovely lady called Pearl runs it. And it is an awesome place to chill and to get physio. But here is Tonka giving it a go. Tonka, say top dog on spot. Speak now, oh, don't eat that. No. No, don't eat it. Don't eat the microphone. <laughs> that was Tonka. Not bad, not bad. But <laughs> Katya, have you still got your microphone? Well, it ne Or did you swallow it? <laughs> I needed a new windsock. So. Really? <laughs> well... They say in film, never ever work with dogs or kids. <laughs> I can second that. <laughs> But if you want your dog to take part in this challenge, you're most welcome. Please just uh, drop us an email, woofwoof at topdog.space, or leave a comment on iTunes. Tell us something about your dog, and we will get in contact with you and arrange some recording. And Katya has... Uh, Heaps and heaps of, what do you call them? Wind socks. I have heaps of wind socks. So don't worry if your dog swallows one of them too. They're not poisonous, are they, Katia? Uh, might give you a little bit of indigestion. <laughs> There we go. That was our podcast, Top Dog. Tell your friends family, employer, people you meet on your dog walk, tell us from us and uh, you can hear us anytime on topdog.space or any podcast platform. In our next podcast, we talk to Marian Wheatland. Would you believe it or not, she spins dog hair into yarn. Yeah, she's been spinning hair or wool for the last 50 years and she has started spinning dog hair last few years and she can turn them into the most beautiful blankets or vest or beanie. Can you imagine yourself wearing a beanie out of your dog's hair? As long as my dog has got black fur then yes. Black goes with anything. <laughs> Get yourself ready for our next podcast in about two weeks and we hope we hear from each other again. I say take care. I am Adrian. Bye bye. I'm Katja. Bye bye. Oh, my God.